Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk. My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into our show. The title of the message today is Time to Bloom. Many of you are in a spiritual drought right now, a time where you're just trying to survive. you got some impossible situations, a time when your prayers is not being answered. But I've got some good news. You're in miracle territory. You're budding now, but this is your season to bloom. Be blessed by this message. Well, the title of this message is Time to Bloom. Time to bloom and bear fruit. See, many of you are in a spiritual drought right now. It's a time that you're going through that you seem like you get no answers to prayers. Have you been there? It's like, Lord, where are you? Can I just see just a little bit of fruit of my prayers? And so you're going through a spiritual drought. You've lost your passion for the Lord. You've lost your passion for hurting people. You've lost your passion for lost people, because some of you are just in a survival mode. Some of you been through one attack after another attack, attack, and you're just in a survival mode. I'm just like, things have got to get better. You're on your own. I'm facing my own battle right now. Have you ever been to that point in your life? You're in a, a survival mood. But I tell you what's taking place in the world. There's a great shaking that's taking place in the world. And there's a great awakening in the church. And it's time for the church. We're going to have to rise and shine and be the church. It's not a time for us to live in fear and hide in a closet somewhere because the world is looking to the church for the answers. Now, as we're filming this show, I don't know when it will air. We've had this coronavirus attack. Everybody's flipping out, buying toilet paper, Lysol, going crazy. There's quarantines taking place. But I want you to know that this is no surprise to the Lord. He knew about this from day one. But what he's doing for us now, he is, you've been in this drought, but the Lord is waking you up. Because it's going to be your season to bloom and bear fruit and bring more people to Jesus during these last days. And he's going to use all of you, even you watching my television, you say, hey, I don't have... If you got breath, you can minister to somebody because you can tell somebody about Jesus. Because there may be a time we can't get in large gatherings. Right now they're saying 250. Who knows what it'll be in the future? This is going to be the, I've been saying Jesus or Jesus. And people will call me doom and gloom. How long have I been preaching Jesus or Jesus? Well, it's going to be Jesus or Jesus. And he's going to use all of us for his glory. Are y'all ready for the word? Well, I'm excited. I got, I'm going to do quite a bit of teaching today because we can hoop and holler and that's all great. But if we don't have the word, it's gonna, you're going to fizzle. I don't want any of y'all fizzling out out there. 
Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but delights is his in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let's pray with this word. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray now that you anoint me to teach this word, anoint every heart to receive. In Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to do a little botany lesson on trees. Y'all say she's either talking about trees or flowers or, well, at least I'm talking about live things, okay? But we're going to talk about fruit trees and how they uh, produce fruit and how we can compare ourselves to a fruit tree. But if you think about those fruit trees, they have to endure all kinds of different seasons. They have to go through the cold winter months where they're snow and frost. And during those winter months, there's no leaves. Those trees look dead. And it's pretty gloom and doom around when there's no life. But they're not dead. Even though you don't see it, what's happening is those roots are going down deep to bring up the sap to bring forth the fruit. So it has to endure the, the winter months and the summer months and the pestilence and the storms but they manage to go through each season. Also, sometimes those fruit trees have to be pruned to bring forth more fruit. I'm sure those little trees don't like being pruned. It probably hurts. <laughs> don't prune me. But they got to be pruned to bear more fruit. And then also, sometimes they develop these little sucker branches. Y'all are learning more about fruit trees than you ever needed. But they're little branches that grow at the, the bottom. And they're called sap suckers. Now, my grandfather used to call people sap suckers. Well, that old sap sucker there. And I thought, well, what did, now I know what it means. They were sucking the life out of him. That's what it was. <laughs> and when I was thinking about the different seasons that we go through, that's the way it is as Christians. That's the reason, you know, we go through the storms. We go through times that we're bearing fruit. There goes through times that we feel like we're in a spiritual drought and we got pestilence coming all around us or, or the storms are taking place or we're going through winter months and we don't see anything life around us. We feel dead. We feel spiritually dead. We feel like everybody around us is dead. And we're just asking for prayers sometimes. Lord, just show me some fruit. Give me a little fruit, Lord, that, that you're hearing my prayers. Lord, give me a little fruit that what I'm doing is making a difference in lives, that we're not wasting our time working. And have you ever just felt that way? Lord, just show me just a little bit of fruit. But see, just because you don't see fruit right away and you feel dead doesn't mean that God's not working. But this is a time that you got to let your roots go down deep and get your nourishment from the Lord because I got a word for you. The larger the tree, the longer it takes. <laughs> it takes those roots to go down deep. And some of you, God's got some great plans for you and it's just taking a while to get that foundation so you'll be able to stand. Because see, even an architect will tell you the foundation of a building usually takes longer than most other parts because if you don't have a firm foundation, you'll be blown off. 
And I think that's what's happening in the body of Christ. We have people that say, well, I, I joined the church. I, I raised my hand for salvation. But they really didn't have a heart change. And we didn't disciple those people. And what happens is they all of a sudden, they're dashing flash, they're gone. We can have the greatest revivals in the world. And, oh, we brought 200 people to Jesus. Well, how many shows up the next Sunday? They don't have a firm foundation. So the Lord has got great plans for all of you, and it's taken a while to build that root system. But just because you don't see your prayers being answered right now doesn't mean that God's not working. Because you will bloom and bear fruit in his timing. And then some of you is going through a little pruning. Has the Lord ever had to prune you a little bit? Get your attention a little bit? It don't feel good, does it? A little spanking every once in a while? See, if you keep your spirit pliable, he'll spank you sometimes. But the problem is now we want to justify our sins and nothing bothers us anymore. And we have seared conscience and nothing bothers anymore. Sin, we can do whatever we want to do. We justify it. And we wonder why we're not having revival. I know. You know what the Lord said? I have given you a man of boldness. <laughs> well, somebody got to be bold in these last days. Amen. <laughs> And then sometimes you've got to get rid of some sucker branches. You've got to get rid of some sap suckers. Y'all got some sap suckers that's sucking the life out of you. And I'm not calling them people. Y'all might say, well. But sometimes anything, and sometimes it might be people. Because some of you are trying to change people that don't want to change. They have no intention to change. You're trying to change somebody that has no, and it's wearing you out. Start pouring into people that want to change. Preach to those people that want to change. And see, not only that, we always make every excuse in the world because we're busy. We're, bu we're living in a busy time, but if it's not bearing fruit, it's a sap sucker. Whatever, you know, what you're doing, is it going to matter a hundred years from now? Get rid of the sap sucker. Say, sap sucker, be gone. <laughs> I'm a blooming friend. <laughs> I'm going to bloom. And you got to get rid of some of those things in your life. But that's what's happening during your life. You go through these different seasons, and some of you are being pruned. Some of you are, are in a spiritual drought. Some of you don't know what you're going through right now, but you know you're going through something and you're not happy. But this season is going to change. So how do we survive spiritual droughts? Because this is a time of testing. This is a time that we want to quit. This is a time, well, no, the world don't care. Why should we? But this is a time of testing and you're gonna make it through the spiritual drought. So we're gonna talk about how to survive this spiritual drought so we can bloom. Punch your friend and say, you a blooming friend. <laughs> Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. Finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. 
For what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? If you notice in this particular scripture, ask, seek, and knock, are they nouns or verbs, English class? They're verbs, action words. Y'all not that old that you don't remember English. (laughs) But they're action words. Their movement. And see, that's the way it didn't say sit, soak, and sour. Woo! Because see, there's a lot of Christians, they sit on a pew, they soak, and then they're becoming sour old Christians because they're not doing anything with what they're, they're spiritually full. And see, we always want the Lord just to lay it in our lap. Lord, just give it to me. That's not the way the Lord works. Faith is action. You got to put feet to your faith. He's moved by our faith. He's not going to do anything as long as you sit, soak, and sour. You got to ask, seek, and knock. All right? Ask, seek, and knock. And when I was thinking about this, I thought about my childhood years. Growing up in rural Mississippi, many of you know that I was from a little town called Polkville, Mississippi. And I was there not long ago at a... At a funeral service and people were there so if you're watching you told me you watched my show but growing up in this small town I don't even think it was actually called a town back then it was called a village because there was no stores maybe a couple of stores a a cafe and um, so if you got anything you had to go to town do y'all remember those days I guess y'all were from large cities and you didn't have to worry about that it was one of those cities that you could not forget your groceries. You know, you had to get in town what you needed. Well, on this particular day, my dad and my brother and myself, we went to Western Alto. Do y'all remember Western Alto? I don't know if they still have them anymore. And as soon as we get in that store, my brother found him a five-speed bicycle that he wanted. Now, he had a way of getting what he wanted. Now, I can say that because he's not at this conference. He probably wouldn't agree. But he aggravated my daddy so long that day to that my daddy bought that bicycle for him. Well, on our way home, I put on the big pouty face that I've never made before. And I got real quiet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have y'all ever done that before? We just got real quiet. And my dad said, well, what's wrong, Stan? Well, what about me, Daddy. And he said, well, I didn't know you wanted one. You didn't ask. So, of course, he turned that truck around, and I got me a three-speed bicycle that I loved. (laughs) But I learned from a young age, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And we all got children like that. One of them is always going to just aggravate you. Do they get what they want? (laughs) Then you feel guilty because you got to give the other one the same thing. So, anyway, I learned that the squeaky wheel gets oil. So you know what? That's the way we need to be with the Lord. We need to ask, seek, and knock. Because how many times have we gotten mad at the Lord? I am. We pout. We throw a little pity party. Y'all don't do that, I know. But Lord, I see them being blessed. I see them bearing fruit. I've been faithful. I've been obedient. What about me, Lord? And he may be saying, why don't you ask? 
or you may be asking for the wrong motive. But I can tell you there's power in persistent prayer because so many people think we can pray one time, that's all we got to do. Let me tell you, this world needs to be praying like never before. Because we have got some problems in our land, and it's only going to be Jesus that's going to change this world, and it's going to take the body of Christ to come together, and it's going to cause us to look. We won't ever agree on any, everything, but we can agree on Jesus. And when we can come together in unity and pray, we can change this world for Jesus. So we need to pray, but there's power in persistent prayer. Y'all remember the story of Elijah? He goes to Mount Carmel, hadn't rained in three and a half years, a drought, took a servant with him, goes down and tells his servant, go see if you see any rain coming. Servant would come back, I saw nothing. And after seven to each time, he would get back on his knees and pray. And on the seventh time, that servant came back and said, I saw a cloud the size of a fist coming out of the air. See, it doesn't take much faith. Mustard seed faith. <laughs> the clouds is coming. The rain, spiritual rain's on the way. And then in the New Testament, y'all remember of the, the persistent widow that went to the unjust judge? I'm going to paraphrase this. He said, I'm not afraid of God or man, but this woman's wearing me out. <laughs> Give her what she wants. And the word says, if an unjust God, I mean, unjust judge will give this woman what she wants, how much more will our Father give us when we ask? And some of you say, well, you know, I've been praying persistent. I've been believing. I've been praying. I've been persistent prayer. And I want to ask you, what is persistent prayer? Have you ever just thought about what persistent prayer is? Pray without ceasing. That don't mean that you stay on in your prayer closet 24 hours a day. You got to come out of that prayer closet and, and bear some fruit and bring people to Jesus. And if you're in the closet all the time, you can't do that. But I think we put ourselves in religious bondage even with, with prayer. Because some people will think, well, I got to be on my knees or I got to be on my back or I got to be on my stomach. Well, honey, if your back hurts and your knees hurt, you can't concentrate on praying. And then we feel like our prayers sometimes, it's got to be loud, got to be long. And that's all good because we need warfare prayer. But you know what? The Lord's not hard of hearing either. And have y'all ever been around people that just tried to pray so formal? Even over the food in a restaurant, Lord blesseth this foodeth as it goeth througheth my bodyeth. And they pray for 30 minutes. I'm saying, oh, food's getting cold. But you know what? The Lord understands our South Mississippi country talk. We don't have to impress him. But our main thing is to pray and know that pray without ceasing is that the Lord is answering our prayers. And in due time, he's an on-time God. And our job is to keep praying, to keep believing, to keep asking, seeking, and knocking. And we know on his time, those prayers will come to pass. And you may say, well, I've been asking. 
I've been knocking. I've been seeking. But I have not seen any doors open. I'm not seeing my prayers answered. Lord, what is going on? Have y'all ever asked that? When you're not seeing any fruit and you say, Lord, what is going on in my life? Well, when you look at James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, I'm going to summarize this. It said, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Now, have you ever wondered what the word amiss means? In Greek, it means the wrong motives or the wrong way. See, you can be on your stomach praying, beating the floor, shouting, doing everything that you can, but if you're praying against God's word, it's not, you're praying amiss. And I had a lady one time to call our, our prayer line and said, I want you to pray that I can leave my husband. And I said, well, I asked her some questions, and I couldn't find any biblical reason. All she could say was, I'm tired of him. Well, you just can't throw them away like an old shoe just because you're tired of them. So really, that's praying amiss. If it's not backed up with the word of God, you're praying amiss. So I don't think that she liked the way that I prayed too much that particular day. Then another thing that took place, that you can be shouting before the Lord, you can be praying before the Lord, but also, the Lord is moved by our faith. He's not moved by our fear. And I see a lot of times we can believe what the word says. We can trust the Lord that his word's going to come to pass. But it's praying amiss when we're praying for healing, but we start looking at the doctor's report. And see, the Lord loves to hear his word quoted back to him, and he's moved by our faith and not our fear. But what happens at this particular time, we start looking at what the doctor's telling us. We start looking at the signs of the time. We start looking at the coronavirus and, and how the media is trying to we get fear and all this in our hearts. So what it's doing is bringing fear instead of faith. And we're praying amiss. But I can tell you, when we pray in faith and we start speaking his word, the rain is going to come. We need the spiritual rain. We need healing rain. We need deliverance rain. We need a rain of revival, rain of the Holy Spirit like never before. And he is doing that in the world. But we got to pray and we got to seek his faith. The Lord's doing a new thing. I really believe everything that we're going through now is a new thing in the body of Christ. And he's wanting to do a new thing in us. Y'all ready for a new thing? Yeah. All right, I got another scripture. Because the rain's coming. Say, the rain's coming. This drought's getting, I'm, I'm out of this drought. All right, Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a, do a new thing. I'll say new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen, 
This people I have formed for myself, they shall decree my praise. Now, to give you just a little bit of history of this scripture, the end of Isaiah 42, see, Israel was always so special to the Lord. And these people had lost their passion for God. They were asleep. They were putting other idols before the Lord. Doesn't that sound like our world today? But what the Lord was saying, I'm going to do a brand new thing. Once you repent, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to cause rivers to come in the desert. Y'all remember when they were in the, the wilderness and they were whining and complaining about the water. We have no water to drink. Moses like, Lord, what am I going to do with all these whiny folks? He said, go strike the rock. And he provided the water in the wilderness. But he said, I'm going to do a new thing. See, forget all that. You think that was something? I'm going to do a new thing. Because that new thing he was referring to was Jesus Christ. Old things pass away and all things become new with Jesus. And see, the Lord is wanting to do, that should give us all hope that even with all of our mistakes, that the Lord, that Jesus died for us and his mercy and his grace is new every day. But see, for the Lord to do a new thing in our lives, we got to forget all that. I pray this message blessed you and you've got your mind made up that you're coming out of this spiritual drought, no matter what you're going through. The Lord's going to take you through this season that you're in. If you're watching this show and you feel like you're in a spiritual drought because you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the most important decision that you'll ever make. And if that's you, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross just for me and you rose again on the third day. Come into my life and come into my heart. And from this day forth, I'm going to live for you. Friends, congratulations. If you prayed that prayer, find you a good Bible-believing church and grow to be more like Jesus. But there's others of you that are watching this show. You can say, I am in a spiritual drought and I need a miracle. If that's you, we do have a 1-800 number. We have a prayer line. Just call us and we'll be glad to pray with you. If I don't pick up the phone right away, I promise I will call you back. The prayer line is busy, but your prayer is important to us. Now, I can't go off the air without thanking our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we pray for you every day. And I got I want to request something out of you. If this show blesses you, let us know about it. Send us an offering or just send us a praise report to let us know what the Lord's doing in your life. It just encourages us to know that this show is making a difference. Now, next week, we're going to have part two of this message, Time to Bloom. Don't you miss it. But until then, this is Sandra Hancock with Voice of Hope. And remember, your hope is in Jesus. My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Many of you that are watching this broadcast, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. 
you've got some impossible situations, but I got some good news. You have hope in Jesus because we still serve a supernatural miracle working God of now. I also would like to invite you to come out and join us in one of our powerful conferences in a city near you. It would make our day to have you as our guest. If you think our broadcast is powerful, wait and come and experience the presence of the Lord. You'll love it. Also, I want to thank our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us spread Jesus to a hurting world. God bless you all. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.